Hi guys, welcome to the Grow and Learn podcast. Welcome back and welcome to everybody new on Heal and Learn as well. This is Zarina, your host, and today I'm bringing a mindset guru, somebody who's gonna help us get more abundant, more embracing life. He's the architect of the warrior's life code. I'm welcoming Martin Salama from Brooklyn. Hi, Martin. Hi, Zarina. Nice to meet you. Nice to be here with you. <laughs> Happy to have you. Martin, where, who are you? I've seen some videos of you dressed as a chef on your YouTube channel. Then I checked your LinkedIn profile and there was something about logistics and you're a, a coach, success coach, mindset coach. Yeah. Where do you, where do you stand? <laughs> well, you know, in these days and ages, kind of have to have multiple streams of income, you right. know? So one of my streams of income is that I do international logistics. I help people bring in their merchandise from one country to another with uh, um, containers. You know, they, they need to have the good ship from China to U.S., let's say. So they need to get fine space on the containers and they need to get it cleared through customs. So that's international logistics, also known as freight forwarding a customs broker. You saw me in a chef's coat, so I love to cook. One of the things that's come out of my divorce, which was over 10 years ago, was uh, almost over 12 years ago, was that um, I learned how to cook and I love it so much now. So, and, and people enjoy my cooking as well. So <laughs> one day I was saying, why don't I mix the two coaching and cooking? And I came up with a YouTube cooking show where I cook something and I talk about some different topics on coaching. So that's where you saw that. But the hat I love to wear most of all is the coaching hat where and coaching and mentoring, where I help people shift their mindset from lack to abundance, but even on a deeper level from self-conscious to self-aware. I see. Okay. So the topic we chose for today are seven secrets to an abundant mindset. Right. Shall we delve right into this topic? Or is there something that people need to know about you and your approach that is different, that is super, mm, <laughs> I don't know, something that would make them put a star and remember you? Well, yeah, I, I think what might, might be the star to remember me is maybe understand where I came from and how I came to doing this a little Tell bit. Tell us your story. Tell us your story. Of course. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it started really at a young age when I was 10 years old. Uh, I had a, a, a real great tra tragedy in my life. And it's actually 50 years ago this month that it happened. So you, you, you see this picture here uh -huh. of this little boy? Yeah. So um, I, I just got that picture from my mom's house. My mom moved in with her, my sister as she needs help and, you know, all that. And when we were cleaning out her house, I took this picture with me. So this picture is of my brother, Michael, when he was about five years old. And uh, this ha this what happened was just a few months after this picture was taken. Uh, I was walking home from school with one of my four older sisters. And as we got to our, our block, we saw there was a school bus stopped in front of our house, which was normal. But as we got closer, we realized the bus driver was standing in front of our house. He wasn't on the bus. So now we got a little curious as to what's going on. We're almost at my house and my mother comes running out of the house, carrying my brother, Michael, in her arms. 
she jumps in the car and she drives away. And we don't know what's going on. We come to find out that when he got off the bus, Michael, he dropped something in front of the bus. And the bus driver looked, didn't see him, and drove. Four days later, he, he succumbed to his injuries and he passed away. So now it's 50 years ago that my brother Michael passed away. And I just put this picture up today. It's interesting. Uh, I had it sitting in a pile of things that I took from my mom's house. And I said, you know what? I got to put the pictures up. This picture over here is me with my grandson that I just put up. These are my granddaughters and my daughter when she was a baby. And this is my son, my brother. So why do I talk about it that day? Because that day was a defining moment for me. Because when he was born, I was five, six years old. And I was like, this is going to be great. I have a brother now. I have four older sisters. We're going to conquer the world together. We're going to carry on the legacy of the Salama name. We're going to do this. We're going to be partners in everything we do. That was my mindset. That's what I thought about. That day when I was 10, he dies. And of course, my parents are distraught. Of course, I am. My sisters, my whole family, my community were, were devastated by this loss. But as a 10-year-old, I told myself a story that it's now my job to carry on the name alone. It's my job to make sure that I continue the legacy that my parents had set up. It's my job to make sure that they never feel sadness again and that they're, I want to make sure that they're happy. So I can look back at that day 50 years ago and say, that's when I became a people pleaser. And as a result, many other things come, came with that. I took things personally. I was a control freak. I needed recognition. I needed people to approve and give me, wow, what a great thing you've done, right? And when all those things weren't happening, I had a very short temper because I wanted to make sure that everybody was going to get pleased. So I would go on this. And it took me 40 plus years to figure that out, that those things all came as a result of what happened that day. When I got married, now I'm trying to make my wife happy. I'm trying to make my, my parents happy, spinning all these plates. I was a people pleaser and it took me 40 years to realize I wasn't pleasing anybody. Mm. But I would rationalize that it was, I was doing it for the greater good. And you know what I've come to learn? And this is a word that I've, I've, um, I've kind of like uh, trademarked. The word rationalize is really two words. Rational lies. Wow. Right? So and good. to me, rationalize, it's a card in my deck that I've come up with, my warrior to warrior card deck. And I'll read to you what it says. Whenever you think you may be doing something that goes against your values, you will rationalize all the reasons why it's okay. What you're really doing is lying to yourself that it's rational to think that. They're nothing more than rational lies. What do you think of that, Serena? I think it's so true. And first of all, sorry for your loss. And I am... Um, I don't even know. I'm, I'm not stunned. I, I just find it an interesting coincidence that it's the 50th anniversary of this event and that you had to bring it up to the show. And, um, and, and I felt the intensity in the story. So thank you very much for opening up and sharing this. How did you come out of this rationalizing after you realized it? Right. So it took me a long time to get there. Okay. 
so now let's jump ahead to 2008. Okay, mm-hmm. it's 35 years later. Okay, this happened in 1973, 2008, 35 years later. And my wife and I were working on a project for five years to build a multi-million dollar tennis and health club in New Jersey. Okay, that came back in about in around 2003, give or take. Uh, I had just closed the business and my wife's like, well, you need something to do. I just started playing tennis. I can never find tennis court time because there's not enough tennis courts around. Maybe you should open up tennis courts. We'll do this together. So the people pleaser in me said, okay, maybe that's a good idea. Now, let me tell you, Zarina, I'm not an athlete. I don't play tennis. I don't play baseball, football, soccer, nothing. But I want to make my wife happy. Now, I'm not going to blame her. This was me making these decisions, right? So we start this process to see, okay, let's see about tennis courts. We go, we do a feasibility study, and and they tell us, great, you could put seven, eight courts without a problem. But it's not going to be a big moneymaker for you. You've got to add other things, health club, pool, uh, uh, basketball court, spa, to make it a real destination where people will want to come. Okay. So we start doing that. Now we do that. We go find the land. Then we have to find the architect and the engineers and everything that goes with us. And then after all that, we have to go to the city and get the approval to build what we want to build. Now it's almost five years later and it's 50, it's, it's $15 million project, a hundred thousand square feet. And I'm 3 million plus into the project already. If we had finished in 2006 or 2007 and we went to the bank, they'd throw the money at us because that was what was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. It would have it that it was 2008. We go to the bank, we'll go, great, we got all the approvals, we're ready to go. And they go, sorry, we're not lending right now. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Well, things are slowing down. A month later, Bernie Madoff, subprime loans, the financial right. world crashes like a mm-hmm. house of cards. And you know where I am? On the bottom of the house of cards. I have oh, no gosh. Money. You know, the bank's not lending me. I can't go forward with the project. I'm $3 million into this project. Like that, I'm broke. I stopped paying my mortgage. I stopped paying my car payments. A few months later, my son says, dad, dad, look outside. I look outside and my car is being towed away mm-hmm. because it was being repossessed. You don't pay your car payments. They take the car away. Yeah. So it took me about a year to get out of this depression that I was now in because of everything that had happened. And when I came out of it, I said, okay, what do I want to do now? I don't want to be involved in, 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 in business the way I was for the last 40 years. What do I want to do? 30 years, whatever it was. And I said, you know what? I've always been involved in community events. I learned that from my parents. They were always community event people, fundraisers, wonderful things. And I was also like that. I was a fundraiser. I built the synagogue. I was the first, I was the first founder of a synagogue that now has over 400 people to it, 400 families, excuse me. And I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I really like doing that. I like when people come in and say, I don't know how much I can give you for this organization, but I'll do the best I can. And I show them how, even with a little time, I'll show them what their potential is. I realized that I was a life coach without even being a life coach. So mm-hmm. I decide, okay, I'm going to go to life coaching school. And uh, before it happens, about two months before, it's my 24th wedding anniversary. And my wife says, I'm done. I want a divorce. 
So, oh my God, why does everything keep happening to me? I can't catch a break. So I think about it and I go, you know what? I can't get any lower. And I think God's sending me a message that, oh, you want to go to life coaching school? Well, it's a good idea. Learn about yourself before you right. learn about it. Mm. And that's where I started to understand and unpack all this baggage that I was carrying around for almost for by now almost 40 years. And that's when I came to understand that rationalize is me giving myself excuses, allowing myself to lie to myself that the things that I was doing to please others was wrong mm -hmm. and that it was time for me to change. I see. So just out of curiosity with the project, was it, uh, uh, was it frozen, uh, the large tennis court project, or did they repossess it as well? What happened to the it was project? Dead. It was, the, the project was dead. Like that. It but it was not in construction or was... No, it, I could never got to construction. Uh -huh, I was I see. waiting for the approvals from the city. Mm -hmm. I, I had see. everything mm -hmm. in place. The full architecture, the full engineering, everything ready to go to put a to put the backhoe into the ground. Mm -hmm. But the bank said, we're not lending you any money. So I was like, okay, that's it. It's over. I see. Okay. And so now life has changed. 10 years have passed. What happened in the past 10 years and how do you feel today? All right. Well, what happened in the past 10 years, 12 years even, was that I started to understand the things that were working for me and the things that weren't. As a life coach, I was helping other people, but I was also understanding from when I went. And I went to a coaching school that took almost a year till you got your certification. It wasn't one of these schools that you go for two days and they go, oh, you're a life coach. Oh, no, I'm a fully certified life coach. And with that, I learned about my values. I learned that in my first relationship, in my relationship with my wife, that we never had the same values. And if I knew that when I was in my 20s, we might not have gotten married. Right. right? Because I also learned that we didn't love this, each other the same way. I loved her more than she loved me. And we were in a codependent relationship. Now, I'm not complaining. I have four beautiful children and at up to this date, I have eight grandchildren. Congratulations on that. Thank you. And you can see some of their pictures here. Mm -hmm. And we've had many, many good years together, my wife and my first wife and I. But, you know, I moved on. And now as I was coaching, I was coming up with different ways to help my clients get through where they were to where they wanted to be. For example, I helped them go from self-conscious to self-aware. There's a big difference between the two. What is the difference? So self-conscious comes from a place of negative. I have a card for that too. Mm -hmm. It comes from negative energy, mm -hmm. guilt, conflict, doubt. Self-conscious is more outward directed. It's being more concerned about what others are thinking of you and how the situation is going to affect you. You probably react to uncomfortable situations instead of respond. Self-awareness comes from a place of positive energy, acceptance, contentment, self-assuredness. Self-awareness is more inward-facing. You have an accurate and realistic of understanding how you're responding to situations and how you feel about things. So you get an understanding of your emotions. What are these cards that you are holding? Have you designed them yourself? Or I did. I did. I designed them myself. They're Can called the us? Warrior to Warrior card deck. Mm -hmm. And what they are is the principles of my course, 
right? So you get an idea of what you would learn with the course. So if you've never taken the course, you could buy these and take a look at them and say, oh, these are interesting concepts and maybe I'll try to use them. And if they work for you, great. If you have taken my course, then you can use these as a refresher on those days when things are not going exactly as you'd like to. And your course is called the Warrior Life Coach? Uh, life so the warrior, it's also called the life. Warrior to Warrior Coaching Course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and just for, the, for everybody out there, my New York accent screws it up from warrior to warrior. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what we do. Can you, um, can you make use of these cards just to, to show us how they work now and maybe explain a few of them? Sure. Why don't we talk about the one that we, we started with, the mm -hmm. Abundant Warrior Within, mm -hmm. Seven Secrets to an Abundant Mindset. All yeah, right? Let's do it. So I took the word warrior and made it into an acronym for seven different secrets. The first one is wisdom. Always look to learn. Always look to expand yourself. Be willing to say that there's more to learn. Because everybody always, you always hear people say, oh, I know everything. Nobody knows everything. Mm. <laughs> There's always more you can learn. So that's W. The next one is A, but I have it broken down into three words. This is a, it's kind of like the next level of the law of attraction. It's act, ask, act, and attitude. Ask the universe, God, the greater power, whatever it is that you, the spirituality of you are in for what you want. See, that's what the law of attraction talks about. What you think about and what you want will come to you. But it's deeper than that. And then act is start working towards getting those things that you want. Mm -hmm. And then the last A is attitude. It's don't have a strong desire that gives off thoughts of lack, which means don't be emotionally tied to the result. Right. Because then the lack is coming in and it's not going to come your way. <clears throat> yeah, that's the difference between wanting something and wanting it too much as a in a way that it's it's blocked from you right so i call what you say desire mm -hmm. is the first one and wanting yeah. wanting leads to a mindset of i can't have it i it's lack that black mindset yeah so that's the a the next is r realization be content say i have everything that doesn't mean that you're not going to still work to get more but be happy with what you have. And then that moves into recognize or be grateful, gratitude for everything you have in your life. I wake up every day and I write down three things I'm grateful for every morning and every night before I go to bed, three things I'm grateful for. Whatever came up for me that day. Great then practice. comes I, imagination. Think big, right? The bigger you think, the better it is. You know, Norman Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking said, Shoot for the stars. You may hit the moon. <laughs> that, right? Yeah. Then, oh, optimism. Find positive in everything that's going on. One of my mentors is a woman named Genevieve Davis. She wrote, writes books on magic. And it's a lot of what we talk, I talk about here. So I expanded on it. And to her, magic isn't taking your wand like Harry Potter and saying, uh, you know, Allah Mora, whatever they use. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding that, you know, everything is good. And one of the things she talks about is the world is as you see it. So if you see it as a good place with opportunities, that's what you're going to find. 
But if you see it with a bad place with problems, that's what you're going to find. So the O is for optimism. Look for positivity in everything. And then the last R is be flexible. Have an open mind. Resilience R. Be resilient. Be ready for change and get ready to change your course as you go along. Very nice. The, let, let's talk about the O, O, optimism, because I briefly browsed through the titles on your channel and one of the videos that you had was uh, when, I, I can't quote it uh, exactly, but it went along the lines of fake optimism, how to move away from fake optimism. Oh, toxic positivity. To toxic positivity, exactly. Right, I just, I just shot that video a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know that word existed until somebody said it to me recently in a conversation. I was like, what the heck is toxic positivity? So I started looking into it. And that's when you fake mm -hmm. that things are okay. When deep down inside, you know, they're not right. like, you know, for example, Oh, everything's great, but you're suffering inside. That's not the kind of optimism I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is having true optimism and true belief that things could be well. It's not about saying the things people want to hear. And then there's also another level of toxic positivity, which is kind of like gaslighting. When you try mm -hmm. to convince somebody else that things are okay, mm -hmm. you know, they really know it's not. And they're just like being gaslighted by you. Yeah. That's, that's kind of repulsive sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much so. Yeah. So, so what is the tip? How does, somebody take the first step away from toxic positivity, positivity towards real authentic positivity? Oh, that's a great question. So it starts out with like in my course, I talk about it's the, my first steps in my course is admission, cleansing and celebration. Okay. So admission is admitting that the way your life is left going right now, isn't working for you. If you feel that way, you know, if you're not going, you know, that, that's really what most people are saying. Why am I miserable? Well, you've got to look and see what's happening in your life to decide why you're miserable. It's not anybody else's fault that you're miserable. You'd like to blame everybody else. You'd like to complain about everything. But at the end of the day, it starts with you. So admit that there's things wrong and that there are things that are not working for you. Right. So then the next step is once you've admitted, you go to cleansing. Cleansing is changing those habits or those thought patterns that are not working for you. For example, instead of saying, I can't say, how can I, or I can, or what can I do to have that happen? Mm. When you say I can't, you're shutting yourself down right mm. then and there. And I have to say for the first 50 years of my life, I think I used the word more. I can't more than anything else mm. because I wanted to give myself an excuse. So by saying I can't, that's me saying, okay, I can't do it. So that's what, so that starts where the cleansing is. And then celebration is, for example, let's say you decide you want to go on a diet and you want to lose 50 pounds. Are you going to wait till you lose 50 pounds to celebrate? Why not celebrate along the way? Oh, I lost three pounds. Oh, I lost five pounds. Celebrate the small victories along the way. Don't wait for you to be at the end of the road because number one, there's no end of the road. Right. There's always a journey. Mm -hmm. So celebrate the little victories because that adds to your happiness. That adds to your contentment in life. Amen. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Okay, so we started with a with a story that that is um, a learning, but still made us sad. Can you um, tell us a story that with a happy end? So some of your clients, some sure. successes that you've had with your program. Absolutely. Well, how about if I start with myself and then I'll tell you about some of my clients? Yeah, exactly. So I was a coach for a few years and originally I was a coach on divorce recovery, helping other people recover from divorce. Well, because I went through that and I saw what it did for me. Mm -hmm. And I was doing this for a few years and uh, I realized that I wasn't being coached because after I lost everything, I had to go out and find a job. And it was hard to find a job for a 50 year old man. To be honest, nobody wants to hire a 50 year old man, especially with the whole, uh, you know, financial re restructuring. Mm -hmm. I finally found a job. It was a dead end job. I was making very little money. My friend forced the boss to give me a job. He says, he's a good guy. He needs a job. Give him a job. So I said to myself, I can't afford to be coached because I didn't have enough clients. So I was using that. I can't. And this was going on for a few years. And I looked in the mirror one day and I was the heaviest I ever was in my life. Like, how the heck did I get here? And I realized because I kept on saying I can't. Mm -hmm. And I was looking on Facebook one day and a friend of mine that I went to coaching school with said, by the way, guys, I just lost all this weight by doing a 30 minute video every day at home. I'm like 30 minute video. I could do that. I could buy the videos. I don't have to go to a gym. I don't have the time to go to the gym, let's say. I can start to wake up a little earlier, work out, and then go to work. I would do that. And the first couple of weeks was very difficult because I hadn't exercised in years. And I was following the modified person on the video and I still was huffing and puffing. <laughs> but I had my why. I wanted to be healthy again. So I started doing it more and more. And after nine months, I lost 65 pounds. I was a new person. My mindset changed. I went from lack to abundance. I went from self-confidence to self, self-conscious to self-aware. And now I was willing to go out and start dating because one of the reasons I was afraid to was because I thought no one would ever love me. And that came from the fact that I didn't love myself. Now I liked myself and I loved myself. So I would go out on dates and I would interview the women about their values in conversation, not like here's an interview, you know, been a regular mm -hmm. conversation, learning about them and what their values were. Oh, no, this one doesn't work. This one. Doesn't. And one day I was set up on a date with a woman and I'm checking off all the boxes. She's checking them all off. After a month, I turned to her. I said, I got to tell you something. And you don't have to say it to me, but I need to tell you I'm falling in love with you because I love who you are. And I love that you see me as I am and you're not trying to change me. Well, she, two weeks later, she told me she loves me. Two years later, we've been married. And this May, June, it will be five years that we're married. Mm -hmm. So there's a good story about me. Congratulations. Right. Thank, you. Thank you very much. So how about if I tell you about one of my clients? Awesome. Yeah. How about if I tell you about Roberta? Tell us about Roberta. I reached out, during, I reached out to Martin during a very good, difficult time. I lost my six-figure job due to COVID, was very depressed, and felt very lost. I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do next in my career since I had already attained my dream job. He was very empathetic and helped me come out of the hole I felt I was in with guiding questions, encouragement, and accountability. Within a couple of months, I had direction, focus, and a renewed energy around all the possibilities I could now pursue. 
Thank you, Martin, for helping me get my get back on track with life. How did you help her? <clears throat> well, we went through the different steps of my course. I had her understand what was holding her back, why was it holding her back, and not use COVID as an excuse mm -hmm. and say, let's figure out what you can find that you love to do and pursue it. So as a coach, it's my job to ask the questions that they need asking. And then it's to keep pushing the, the client as they're going through it in a gentle way, be supportive, be non-judgmental, and be objective. And as a result, those are the results that we got with her. This is wonderful. All right, Martin. How can people reach you if they uh, want to jump on your program or get personal coaching? Yeah. So I set up a website. It's called connectwithmartin.com. Okay. You could go there, which would take you to my website, but you could also get some free gifts there. You can buy the cards. You can order pre-order the book that's coming out very soon. What is the book called? Called Warrior to Warrior. We kept everything mm -hmm. the same. <laughs> it's easier that way. But one of the things that they can get is I made this about a year ago. I took the, the abundant warrior, the secrets, seven secrets to an abundant mindset that we went over. And I was going on a summit for parents. So the host of the summit said, can you come up with a gift for the parents? So I said, yeah, I could come up with something. And I went back and I came up with the idea of making, uh, giving the parents a white sheet on what the seven steps are. But for the children, I said, let me give a gift for the children. And I made them a coloring book with the seven steps in there. W-A-R-R-I-O-R -R -R that we went over. Mm -hmm. I got such good response to that, that the parents said, and other adults said, well, I want one too. So I have a coloring book for adults and I have a coloring book for children. And you could go to the connectwithmartin.com and get it. You could also go to my website. You could also click a button to make an appointment to talk with me. And see what what might be helping you right when you need help right there and see if I can help you out in half hour. I love that. I love that you have mindset tools for children as well. I have also have a small child and uh, I, I see the lack of um, education and even thought around mindset for children. Right. Right. Yeah. You got to start with them young because mm -hmm. they don't they don't care what you say. They care what you do. Mm -hmm. So if you are learning these seven steps, they will learn them, too. So that's why I give the parents the sheet. And now they have the coloring book. They can do their coloring book. The kids could do their coloring book. And everybody has fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. Anything that I've missed asking you that you would like to share? Um, I think one thing I'd like to talk about is I talked about that I take things personally. I used to take things personally. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of the books I read before I went into coaching, they gave us a list of books to read. And one of them was The Four Agreements by Dr. Don Miguel Ruiz. Did you ever read that book? No. Uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. So this is the book. No, I haven't read it. And though the four agreements are be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. And when I read those, especially the second one, don't take anything personally. That helped me to start my journey to let go of the things that were holding me back. So to me and to them, I say, don't take anything personally. It could be about what's going on in their life that they're coming to mm -hmm. you to talk about. Yeah. And they're just projecting it onto you. 
So go out there, get this book. It's not my book. It's Dr. Don Miguel Ruiz. And start by doing something simple as don't be so reactive. Respond. Don't take anything personally. Mm-hmm. That, um, it's, uh, it, I've read a very similar book uh, containing these. They're structured in a different way, but what you're referring to was actually titled Don't Kick the Neighbor's Cat or Don't Kick the Stray Cat. <laughs> because this is what people do when they take something personally. They uh, keep um, um, throwing the ball or like they would kick the cat and get it out on somebody else and they would uh, continue the negative. Yeah, they'll perpetuate. They will perpetuate exactly the negative experience. Right. Awesome. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure for me too. Thank you. I will put the link below for anybody who wants to reach you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.